All right. How you guys doing tonight? Good? All right. I hope you're as glad as I am about the faithfulness of God because I'm pretty glad about that. Even when we're faithless and aren't really doing that great, God's always faithful to us, and I'm so thankful for that. So you guys are doing good tonight, huh? All right. Good. Good. Tonight we're going to finish up uh, chapter 4 of John, and if you got your Bibles, you can turn to chapter 4. We're going to finish it up. But previously, I always kind of like to go back a little bit. I know it's been a week before. Uh, last week, we didn't uh, go through John, but before that, great chapter, chapter 4. As I look at chapter 4, I really see Jesus as the, the, the great grace giver. And God gives so much grace to us. He truly does, doesn't he? To this evil world that we live in and to us who are evil Romans chapter 5 and verse 20, it kind of says, where sin abounds, grace more abounds. And we're living in sinful times, guys, but there's a lot of grace that's out there. The Samaritan woman that was looked at, I'm sure, and uh, uh, as the guys got up here and taught, or uh, she experienced his grace. She experienced Jesus' grace so much that it caused her to go back and gossip to her family and friends about Jesus. And the Jews really disliked the Samaritans. They even hated him, which is a pretty strong word, but they really did. It had gone back years and years previous to that. And it's, it's terrible that they experienced that. And even his own disciples were bothered by Jesus speaking to this Samaritan woman. It's tough. The disciples were kind of forced to deal with their hearts, and from time to time, you and I get forced to deal with our hearts when they're not right. You know, when all of a sudden, there's something that we're believing that really isn't matching up to the scriptures, God will challenge us at times to maybe change our heart, maybe tear down that wall that's been placed up there for such a long, long time. Allow God to do that as we go through a scripture. And as you read his word, allow God to tear those beliefs down if they don't match up to the scriptures. Because it's important that they all match up to the scriptures. We love people, no matter what they do to us. No matter what they do to us, we're to love them. And that's a hard thing to do. But that's what Jesus did, and that's what we're supposed to do. His disciples, even in the midst of all of that stuff, they're dealing with their hearts. They saw great revival didn't they? But the Samaritan people, I mean, it was the first time they ever experienced a, a harvest time like that. It's great when people are getting saved. Hopefully in the future, we're going to see more of that. We truly are. We're going to see a great, great revival. And if we are part of that great revival, that I hope we are, some of you are going to be seed throwers, some of you are going to be waterers, and some of you are going to be harvesters of the seeds that have been planted out there over the years. Tonight, we look at Jesus' first miraculous sign. And you say, well, wait a second. You taught last time about, you know, the, the, the wine. And, and yes, this is, excuse me, it's his second miraculous sign, but it's his first healing. His first healing. And it happened two days after ministering to the Samaritans. And uh, Jesus was traveling through Galilee. And what he did, do we have the map? Put the map up there. Can you guys see that map there? Jesus didn't travel very, very far, but he was down in Samaria, and look at I even got a little pointer. See that? Little Samaria down there. I can't really read that stuff too much. Even with my glasses, it's kind of bad. 
But he ministered for two days down in Samaria, and then what he began to do is he, he, he was headed up towards Galilee. See where Galilee is up in this area here. But what he did is he avoided his own town, and I think Nazareth is in here somewhere around there. And why did he do that? Well, I'm going to tell you in a little while. I won't tell you right now, but I'll tell you in a little while. But I hope through this story tonight that we will learn what part faith plays in healing. What part does faith play in healing? What part does Jesus play in healing? And also, what part does the asker play in, in healing? I once asked a traveling preacher that came to a church where I was ministering at, and I was asking him, I was a young believer, and I was asking him about healing and faith and all of that. I figured he'd give me the answer. You know what he told me to do? He said, go back and look at all the verses in the Bible on faith and healing. It's the smartest thing he ever told me to do. I searched out the scriptures, and I found out about how faith and all of that works together. What I'm trying to say here, it's really important for us to search out the scriptures. Not just to get it up here, but if you're, if you're questioning through something, and you're, you really don't have the answer for it, you don't necessarily have to come up to one of the pastors and ask them about it. You search it out yourself. And you will find the answers. You truly will. It's essential for you to understand God as you study the scriptures. It helps you. It helps you to understand how he works, how he operates in our world. What it does is it formulates your theology and my theology. And you say, well, wait a sec. The pastor was talking about crucifying our theology. Yeah, if it doesn't match up with the scriptures. But we are to formulate theology. You need to know what God's like. You need to know how he kind of operates so you can, Why? Help another person to help understand that, that maybe they don't have the same knowledge that you have. Well, let's stand up tonight as we always honor God's word as I read uh, verse 43 through 45. And we're going to work all the way down to 54, but let's just uh, read this section first and then we'll pray. At the end of two days, Jesus went on to Galilee. He himself said that a prophet is not Excuse me, a prophet is not honored in his own hometown. Yet the Galileans welcomed him. For they have been in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration and seen everything he did there. Let's pray. God, as always, I almost pray exactly the same prayer because I know that only you can open up hearts. Only you can bring understanding. Only you can bring revelation. And I pray that for my brothers and sisters tonight. Speak to them. Help me say the right words. Take out the words I don't need to say. Give me the words that I do need to say. And the Holy Spirit, speak tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Don't you all sit down. Good things were happening in Samaria, verses 40 through 42. Many believed, as I was saying, they were begging Jesus to stay. Can you imagine that? Begging Jesus to stay. I like that. I read that and I went, Wow. They wanted more of Jesus. And even though I'm an old guy and I've been walking with Jesus for a long, long time, I still want more of Jesus. The more we hang around him, the more we usually are going to act like him. So I love that they wanted more. Why did the Samaritans uh, believe? It was because they heard. They heard him speak. See, faith comes from hearing. Romans 10 says that. So faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. Listen, this whole book of John is all about believing. That's what it's about. John writes these things, records these things, so whoever reads these will come to a point where they really believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. That he's not just a miracle worker, 
but that he is Lord and that it is his name that saves them. That's why he wrote these things. And hopefully as we get through the whole rest of the book, our faith will be stronger than it was when we first started. But they heard it. That's where their faith had come. Jesus leaves Samaria only after two days. He could have stayed there longer. I ask questions like this. When I read through stuff, I go, well, why did he do that? Why? You know, I want to know why. Well, it doesn't say why, but I know why he did that. Because he was always being led by the Spirit of God. Father, not my will be done, but your will be done. The Spirit led him. Two days was enough. He wanted him to get going is what he wanted him to do after two days of great harvest. He needed to get in sync. And I wrote this down. He needed to be in sync with God's timeline. And I was thinking about this last night and today that we need to be in sync with God's timeline. So that might mean that you need to stop what you're doing here and go on over there to do something else. Be sensitive to that, church. We need to do that. Jesus was, and that's why he was very, very effective in the things that he did. He travels through Galilee, avoiding Nazareth, as I said, and the reason why, no honor, no respect. He knew that. He only did few miracles in his own town of Nazareth. They didn't believe in him. I remember when I first got saved, the bad friends that I were hanging around didn't believe that I got saved either. They didn't believe him. They just thought, oh, this is the carpenter's kid. He can't do anything. It was unfortunate. It took time for them to be convinced that he was the son of God, even though maybe he was their brother. James, his own brother, became really the one who really, not Peter, was the one in, in charge of the church. In the book of Acts, you see that. It takes time sometimes. But what I saw here in, in verse 45 is that the Galileans were willing to receive his ministry. That's important. They were willing to receive his ministry. You can give to people who want to listen and who want to learn. You can give to people that want to listen and want to learn. Listen, when I, when I first got saved, man, I used to, I didn't beat people over the head with the Bible, but I came close. I used to preach to people all of the time, and I remember I used to preach to my dad all the time, and just, just constantly doing that. And I remember one time I was just going on, and he'd be like taking me here and taking me there. He was a cop, and he used to interrogate people. So what he was doing is he was really working me. And I learned this one night because he said to me, he said, look, if Jesus Christ showed up right now, standing here and talked to me, he said, I'd believe in him and I'd give my life to him. And the Lord spoke to me, he says, I am speaking to him right now through you. And he's not listening. And I was pretty bold and I told my dad that. He didn't like that. <laughs> he didn't believe that night and I don't even know if he ever believed. He's passed away, but I sure hoped and prayed almost every night of my life that he'd give his life to Christ, that he'd really believe but what I'm trying to say here is that if we're not received, or remember we're supposed to shake off the dust and move on. Those were Jesus' words. In, in John chapter 6, in the message, I don't usually read that, but I liked what it said here. It says, if you are not welcomed, not listened to, quietly withdraw. Don't make a scene. Shrug your shoulders and be on your way. You don't have to make a big scene. Just take off. But what you need to do is pray for them. That's what you do. 
You have to pray for them. You got to know when it's time to quit. That was the lesson that I learned by the Holy Spirit that night. That's what he taught me. He taught me, he said, look, your dad's not going to listen anymore. You're just going to have to keep praying for him. That's what you're going to have to do. Verse 46, let's go on. As he traveled through Galilee, he came to Canaan, where he had turned the water into wine. There was a government official in nearby Capernaum whose son was very sick. When he heard that Jesus had come from Judah, Judea to Galilee, he went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son, who was about to die. And then verse 48. Jesus asked, will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? Request for healing. This guy, maybe I can get the map back on again. Kind of let you guys know. I kind of just like using my pointer is what I like. I just taught, I was just teaching a fly fishing class, so I always use this in my class. But I think Capernaum, is that Capernaum right there? You guys see that? That's Capernaum. And Jesus, I can't even see Canaan on there, man. I think it's over here somewhere, isn't it? I don't know. But needless to say, (laughs) it's only about 20 miles away is what it is. What Jesus was going to do in his ministry was just to travel up and down. From, from all the way down in Jerusalem, all the way up to kind of Nazareth in that area, it's only about 60 miles. That's not a long distance. He wasn't a world traveler like the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul probably put, you know, he probably had, you know, mileage things on his credit cards and stuff and could fly almost anywhere. He went everywhere, all over the whole known world. He probably put thousands of miles in. Jesus didn't go far. He really didn't. He just worked his way from kind of one county to another county. That's all that he did. But Jesus is now back in Cana, Canaan. About two months had passed since he did that miraculous sign at that wedding. And uh, people had already heard that he was back in town again. This was before Facebook, guys. This was before media and all that kind of stuff. They just knew. You know, the Facebook that they had, you know what it was in social media? Face to face. Hey, Jesus is back in town. That's how they did it, and it worked. Didn't have to hire a publicity agency or anything. But this was a royal official, probably part of Herod's court, or he was part of Herod's court, and possibly even a relative. But what he had was a pressing need. A pressing, frightening situation. His son was about to die. He was sick to the point of death. You know, we went through a deadly flu season. I don't know if any of you got it, but, I mean, it's the most deadliest one that we ever had. I was concerned. I prayed a lot for my little grandkids. I prayed for my wife, for everybody. I mean, this one was taking everybody out is what it was. Well, he had this frightening experience. Any of you parents ever have your kids have croup? Anybody? For you that have had that experience, it's pretty frightening, isn't it? We had that when my son, who's almost going to turn 40 here pretty soon, was a little kid. We're scared to death. You know what we did? We needed someone to help us. We called our doctor in the middle of the night, and he said, hey, no problem. You know, calm this down. He said, just turn on the shower and get him inside there, and it'll help him start breathing and everything. It worked. It worked. This guy probably already went to the doctor in town. And the doctor probably already told him, there's nothing I can do. Your son's going to pass away. That's not good news. That's not good news from the doctor. 
He was a desperate official, but he did something. And listen, I want you to pay attention to this. First thing he did, he went to Jesus, traveled 20 miles from Capernaum all the way down into Canaan, 20 miles. I figured if he did four miles an hour, it took him five hours to get there. But he was on a mission. As Jeff said, he was on a mission for God is what he was. He went down there 20 miles, took five hours. He did something. He sought Jesus out. He knew he was the answer to his need because he knew he was a miracle worker. He'd heard that he had done things to other people. We must move towards Jesus in our time of need. Don't stay away from him. Get close to him. Seek him out. But for some Christians, it's hard. You know why? Because they're self-sufficient and they have a lot of pride. Pride will keep you from receiving, church. Remember the Old Testament guy named Naaman? Through the whole thing, a leper and everything. He goes, hey, I need to get healed. He went to go seek out the prophet. The prophet sends his messenger. You know why? Because he was full of pride. And he figured this prophet ought to come see me because I'm a great guy. Sends his messenger out to him. Tells him to go down in that dirty Jordan River and dip seven times. He said, you're crazy. I'm not doing that. He didn't get healed. He got healed later on. You know what he did? He humbled himself. Humility allows you to receive. Pride keeps you from receiving what God wants to give you. It truly does. This man humbled himself. He was a powerful man, a royal official. So he went to Jesus. He begged Jesus to heal his son, shared his need to him. This man had great faith. He believed if I got down to Jesus, he didn't even have to come here. I know that something can happen. Great faith. It was a result of not seeing but hearing that Jesus had done some stuff. The official knew exactly what he wanted. He stated the fact to him. He was specific and he was persistent with Jesus because he asked him two times. He was desperate. You ever been desperate? Boy, when you're desperate, you're motivated, aren't you? Some of you need to get desperate so you get motivated. But I'm telling you, it motivates you. When you're desperate, it truly does. You heard the thing before, you know, great plans without motivation equals what? Nothing. Nothing. That's something we need to be talking to our young people about. They need to get motivated to get a job sometimes. Some of you might have your older children living in their house, and maybe they need to get a little motivated. So he went to Jesus. He begged Jesus. He was specific to him, and he was bold. He was willing to risk rejection. Jesus didn't have to answer his request. He didn't have to answer your request either. They're not in line with his will. But he was willing to risk that. He had great hope, which gave him great courage. That's what great hope does. It gives you great courage. You face anything with great courage. Courage to ask him to do something. And, and we had that verse up here tonight, Hebrews chapter 4. You put it on there, Ron. It says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. That's what you got to do. You got to be bold. You got to move to Jesus. Verse 48, it seems like there's some rebuking words that Jesus gives to, to the official. And, and I, as I studied it, and you, you know, you, you just, I don't know. 
The word that's used there when he says you, and in some translation, it's not really that he's asking a question about, you know, will you not believe me unless you see signs? In some, it's a statement. You won't believe me unless you see signs. I think it was for a lot of the people around him, not just that man there, because that man had come because he thought he could do something for him. Some people need signs, unfortunately. Not this guy. Jesus rebukes cities in Matthew chapter 11 because they saw the signs and they still didn't believe them. They still didn't believe them. The Israelites, man, they saw signs that would, wow. Any of you see the Ten Commandments on TV again? It, was, it comes on every Easter. I love it. Behold the hand of God. They still didn't believe. They still wrestled with disbelief. Still wrestled with that. Seeing all of that. But the Galileans, they welcomed and received Jesus. Why? Because, excuse me, the Galileans welcomed and received him, but why did they do it? Because they saw the things that he did in Jerusalem. The Samaritans believed because of Jesus' words, the things that he spoke. Verse 49, let's go on. The official pleaded. Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. Then Jesus told him, go home. Your son will live. Excuse me, lost my place here. Your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus said and started home. Did you get that? The man believed what Jesus said and he started home. Verse 51. The man was on his way. Some of his servants met him with the news that his son was alive and well. He asked them when the boy had begun to get better, and they replied, Yesterday afternoon at 1 o'clock, his fever suddenly disappeared. Then look at this, verse 53. Then the father realized that that was the very time Jesus had told him, Your son will live. And he and his entire household believed in Jesus. This was the second miraculous sign Jesus did in Galilee after coming from Judea. <clears throat> so here we are, the healing. The official speaks to Jesus. It's the second time. It's the second time. It's okay to ask Jesus twice, three times, four times, five times. Keep asking, just like what you said. The Bible says, keep asking. That's the verb that it uses so many times. If you don't get it and you know it's in line with God's, God's will, keep asking. That doesn't show that you have doubt. It's an urgent request for him. He's, he's persistent, and that's a good thing. But did you notice the man said, Jesus, come with me and go back up to Canaan. I need you to go touch my son. And this is where the table talk's going to be at. The official asked Jesus to come and heal his son before he dies. Jesus didn't go. Why do you think that he made the decision not to go to Capernaum? Okay? Why? That's what you guys need to discuss. Why do you think Jesus said, no, I'm not going up there? Okay? Spend some time talking about that. Why do you think? What do you think was going on in Jesus' mind about that? Good question, huh? <laughs> I think it could be a lot of different things. 
It really is. But I, what I kind of feel, at least one of the things, is that I, I really believe that Jesus wanted to test his faith. He asked him, come. He said, Lord, come on. I, I need you physically go in there with my son. And, and Jesus just spoke the word to him, didn't he? He says, your son's healed. Your son's healed. God tests your faith and my faith from time to time. He does. First Peter says this. These trials will show that your faith is genuine, that it's, it's the real McCoy, the trials and the tribulations that we go through. It is being tested as as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. Your faith's more precious than gold in God's eyes. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you, listen, it will bring you much praise, glory, and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. God's going to go, Trey, man, you did a good job. You believed me. He's going to praise you for that. He's going to say good things about that. That's a good thing. Yeah. It's a good thing. He sees everything, guys. Everything we've done, every trial and every tribulation that we've ever gone through. All the pains, the hurts, the sorrows and that. And God wants to see, are you really trusting him through everything that you go through? I'm going to talk a little bit more in a second here about our faith and kind of what gets in the way from time to time. Well, what happened? Verse, verse 50, did you see that? He gave direction to him. Gave direction. Go home. Don't, you don't need to stay here anymore. I just told you, go home. The Lord, the guy who he thought was just the miracle worker, is, is becoming something different in his life. He's becoming the Lord of his life. He says, you go home. Go home. Get moving. Take a step of faith. And see, that's what this father did. He took a step of faith to see his son healed. Took a step of faith. Jesus spoke words of faith and encouragement to him. The Bible, this Bible that you and I have, is full of those things. You say, man, I'm not too encouraged. Well, get it in the word. Start reading the word. You'll get encouraged. You'll get blessed. It'll build your faith is what it'll do. If you don't have much faith, start reading the word. It will build your faith up, guys. Jesus didn't need to touch the boy. He just spoke. It happened. Listen, the lesson is you don't always have to lay hands on somebody. You can just pray for somebody. You don't need to go to their house. I'm not saying don't go to a person's house. If the Lord's telling you go and pray for somebody and lay hands on them, you better go do what he's telling you to do. You hearing what I'm saying? We need to be doing exactly what the Lord's telling us to do. When he gives specific direction, then we follow that specific direction. <clears throat> so what did the man do? He chose to believe Jesus' words. Your son's healed. He made a choice. It's hard for Christians to, to believe Jesus' word. I will provide all your needs according to my riches and glory in Christ Jesus. It's hard. It's hard to believe that. It takes real faith takes faith to do that. It takes a choice of saying, I believe that word. God's going to do that. How did, how did this official know that Jesus' words were true? I was going to ask that one too. He had conviction in his heart. 
I believe at that moment when Jesus said that this conviction hit him right in the heart, and he goes, I believe that. I believe that. That's what faith is, the assurance of things, hope for the convictions of things not seen. It just hit him right there, and he said, I believe it. I believe it to be true. So what did he do? Started out on his way, took a step of faith. He moved out on, on what Jesus had spoke to him to do. Sometimes that's all we need to do is just take that step of faith. Jesus is telling you to do something. Go get a new job. Take a step of faith. Change your location where you're at. Get rid of some of the friends that you have. Take that step of faith. That's all you got to do. That's what this man did. And he continues his journey home in verse 51 with each step. He just kept trusting the Lord as he kept getting closer and closer. 20 miles he had to go home. That's a long time, guys. You know what I'm saying? That was a distance for him. Five hours he had on that road to go. But I like what God did. He sent his servants to him. You notice that? It's like he heads off and, and God sends his servants back to him to give him some encouraging words, didn't he? I don't know where they met. Some people might say, well, maybe he was wavering in his faith and maybe God sent those servants his way to build his faith up. I don't know. Maybe. I don't think so, but maybe. How far did he travel? I don't know. Maybe they met halfway. I, I don't know. It doesn't say those things. But I love that God sent them to him just to encourage him. He didn't have to wait five hours to get the news. You know, I guess how you view God, it could be maybe only went a mile and then he got it or something, you know. I don't know how long, but he got the word. He got the word. Proverbs 25, 25, we're getting close to closing this up, says good news from far away is like cold water to the thirsty. Man, when he got that word, he was probably just elated with all of it. What, what relief. God honored his faith. He encouraged him. He took care of the situation. And, and then what I like about this, and hopefully we can learn something, verse 52, you know what this guy did? He analyzed the situation. So what are you talking about? I'm in section in the middle, Revelation. And I pray all of the time that God would reveal himself to you when I teach. And when anybody is teaching, I pray that God would give revelation, give understanding. Well, how do you get that? You get that by analyzing the situations you're going through. You go back and you start pondering and you start meditating. You start thinking. And I'll tell you what will happen to you is the Holy Spirit will start speaking some things to you. Start teaching you some things through what you've just gone through. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That, that's what he wants to do to us. And that's what he was doing here. He goes, hey, guys, what time did all this happen? And he finds out it's 1 o'clock. It's exactly at the time when Jesus said, your son is healed. So that healing happened that very minute. That very minute. And he went, wow. And did you notice at the end, and we'll end up with this, his whole family got saved. They all believed. And that's not the belief in just the miracle worker. That's the belief that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. You see the difference? They believed it, and the whole family got saved. Throughout the scriptures, that happens all over the place. Remember the jailer, you know, with Paul and Silas and all? His whole family got saved, too. 
You see, th- that's what this story is trying to teach us is that, you know, you can have faith in God through any kind of situation. He's going to come through for you. You guys believe that? Well, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can come boldly to your throne, Lord. You, you, you had that scripture up there twice tonight, Lord, so you must be saying something to us. We can come boldly before your throne, Lord, in our time of need. And we can know, Lord God, that when we ask that request and maybe we need to get specific, sometimes I think we have to do that. Sometimes I think we need to ask and pray and say, Lord, how do I need to pray about this situation? How can I specifically pray about what's going on over here or going on over there or going on in my, in my son or my daughter's life? And I know, Lord, you speak to us and we can pray on target. Help our faith, Lord, to grow. Well, you said if we had the, uh, the faith of a mustard seed, we could move a mountain. May our faith grow tonight, Lord. May those things that maybe... Uh, those walls that have been put up, those walls of doubt, may they be destroyed. And I know, God, that, that the enemy sits out there with those, with those fiery missiles, with those fiery arrows, it says in Ephesians chapter 6. He shoots those things at us, and, and it says how we protect ourselves against those, those, those lies and those, that doubt and that fear that he shoots upon us, Lord. It says we're supposed to take up the shield of faith. Take up the word, Lord, because faith comes from hearing your word, Lord. Bless my brothers and sisters as they go into you, out into the world tomorrow, Lord, in the places where you have them. May they boldly speak for you, Lord, and give us opportunities to see people give their life to Christ. Continue to do the good work you're doing in every one of us, Lord, until that day you call us home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys.